One of the challenges with the Easter story is its familiarity. And it's a challenge for pastors as we think about how do we frame this story and tell it in a new way. And it's a challenge for many of you because maybe you've heard the story many times and uh, you need to receive it in a new way. Some of you, you, you know the story well. You've grown up with the story. There's nothing really new here. Um, for others of you, you, some of you, you come to church and you only do that maybe once or twice a year and Easter Sunday might be one of those Sundays that you come and you're here because you're spiritual in some way maybe or maybe because uh, it's a family tradition or maybe it just makes you feel good. But the reality is maybe for you that the story doesn't impact you that much and you think that it doesn't have that much relevance to your life. Others of you are here today because somebody that you care about actually dragged you here. And you're just sitting there wondering, how long do I have to stay until I can leave? Regardless of how you come here this morning, we're glad you're here. And thanks for your honesty. If I'm going to be honest for a moment, I, I also struggle with familiarity in this Easter season as well. And even some of those things that I unpacked a little bit for you of why it feels familiar and why it maybe doesn't have the impact. I can, I can relate to some of those things myself also at different levels. And so that's why I think we need Jesus to surprise us again, don't we? Surprise is an unexpected or astonishing event, a fact, or a thing. That's what a surprise is. When was the last time that Jesus surprised you? I don't mean the kind of surprise that you know somebody jumps out from behind a birthday cake and yells, Surprise! I mean, maybe there's some of those things. I'm talking about when something subtle, slow, and very real starts to kind of rise up within you, and it, it's astonishing. It's different. It's something that you feel deep within your soul, and it's just not the same. Jesus had a way of surprising people. Jesus had a way of not being what they expected, not being the kind of religious leader that they expected, not being uh, the kind of person who responded in the way that they expected, and it surprised them. And Jesus showed up in people's lives, oftentimes in the very deepest valleys that they are experiencing, oftentimes in the greatest confusion, disillusionment, or pain that they were finding in their lives, and that's when he showed up, and he surprised them in one way or another. In John chapter 11, we read the account where Jesus raised his friend Lazarus from the dead. I mean, that's a surprise. Even death couldn't hold Lazarus when Jesus said no. In John chapter 8, Jesus forgives a woman caught in adultery who is ready to be condemned, ready to be stoned to death. And then the unexpected happened. She's there waiting for the first hail of stones to come upon her and for her to be condemned and for death to very quickly come, and it doesn't. That was astonishing. That was not what was expected. Jesus in John chapter 4 helps a woman at the well who has a sinful past and a very shady present walk into a brand new future of hope when she finds out that He is the Messiah. And not only mentally, but she experiences Him as the Messiah. And it's astonishing to her. And it changes her. In Luke chapter 7, Jesus brings back to life the only son of a distraught widow. Another tremendous surprise. Luke 23, 
Jesus assures a dying convict next to him that as soon as they finish hanging on the cross, that they will hang out together in paradise. Now that was unexpected. And we could go on and on, and there are just story after story of remarkable events and astonishing truths of Jesus interacting with people and disrupting their worlds and suddenly doing something within them that is so unexpected. Jesus had a way of doing that. So my question for you is, what is the surprise that you need from Jesus this morning? What's the so what of the resurrection story that you need to experience? The end of John chapter 20, and this is the the gospel that I've been spending a lot of time in lately as I've been reading and rereading these chapters that talk about this Easter event. But at the end of this John chapter 20 chapter, the beloved disciple John, as he's referred to, he made it clear why he wrote this account of Jesus' life and ministry. And he sums up his writings and he sums up these stories in this way. And he says, Jesus performed many signs in the presence of his disciples which are not recorded in this book. But these are written down so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name. That you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah. You know, it seems like everybody uh, has a different need in order to believe. Everybody has a need for a different kind of surprise from Jesus in order to believe. And as I've been looking through these accounts and reading again through these chapters, it's remarkable actually how every different people needed different things in order to actually believe that Jesus was who He said He was. And I was struck by that. The differences that was there. If you look at John chapter 19, which is actually the account of Jesus' crucifixion and His death, the Good Friday account as we might know it, you see this character Pilate who is a Roman officer And Pilate is somebody who actually seems unsettled by Jesus. Pilate is somebody who who was surprised by how Jesus was completely unwavered by his power. By Pilate's power. He hadn't encountered that before. Usually people kind of cowered when he held their lives kind of dangling in front of them. And yet, here Pilate says to Jesus, don't you realize that I have the power to either free you or crucify you? And Jesus says, the only power you have has come from, come from above. And we don't know what Pilate's level of belief is, but you sort of get this sense, and it says there that he even feared Jesus, and you get this sense that, that he wanted to believe. He even posted this sign that said, King of the Jews over the cross. John chapter 20, we see a number of individuals who need something different in order to believe. John runs to the tomb on Easter morning and and. What he saw was what caused him to believe. And what he saw was that Jesus was not there. He saw the empty grave clothes, the empty tomb and the grave clothes that were sitting there. And that was the moment when he believed. Mary Magdalene, she needed to hear Jesus' voice. And when Jesus spoke her name, it was in that moment that she believed. Here's the resurrected Jesus. Thomas needed to touch his wounds. Thomas actually needed to put his hand in Jesus' side. That was what it took for him to believe. He needed something physical, something tactile, something that he could actually touch. seems that everybody needed something different from Jesus to believe. We continue, even as we think of the world today and we hear stories of Muslims around the world who, who have dreams of Jesus and who 
see visions and pictures of Jesus and that's what causes them to believe. What do you need to believe? But that's only part of this reason that John wrote these Gospels because the other part says this, that if you believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name. And so what kind of life does Jesus want for you? What's, what's John talking about here? What kind of life do you want? Is it just that you would have breath in your lungs and be able to kind of go on day by day? Well, that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing, but I think it's more than that. Is it that we get to inherit eternal life and be with Jesus forever? And that's a great thing. But I think he's speaking about more than that too. Earlier in John, Jesus talked about life to the full and He said, I came that you may have life and life to the full. That you might truly learn how to live, not just exist, but truly live transformed and trusting and different. This is the resurrection truth. This is the impact that the resurrection can have on our lives. That we actually could live really differently where the transformation comes in surprising ways that slowly grow up inside of us when we encounter things, even in pain, even in disappointment. It'll affect your work, your joy, your future, what you put your trust in. Everything starts to change. And the life that you live is different. But it starts by believing when Jesus surprises you in whatever form that that takes. And so, another question, are you, are you even willing to be surprised again? And here's the thing, in order to be surprised, I think that we need to also step out. Surprise rarely comes when we play it safe. But the invitation of Jesus is always to just take a step, take a step, take a step. Recently, as many of you know, we had a group of eight individuals from our church who stepped out and they went on a short-term missions trip to Central Asia. And Four of them had been on missions trips before, but four of them hadn't, including a school teacher, a doctor, and a business owner. They stepped out. They took a risk. They were eager to be surprised again. And God didn't disappoint. I've talked with many of them already, and I know lots of you have also, and we've heard some of their stories, the unexpected, the astonishing, the surprising ways that God shows up, that God challenges us, that God changes us. Two of these stories you can already read on the, on the bulletin app that you have, and you can read them there, and more will continue to come as they reflect on God's surprise. And in a few weeks on May 5th in the evening, we'll have an opportunity to hear more of these stories of how God shows up when we step out and take a risk. I think in, I've been thinking about Mary Magdalene. And even throughout this story, we've seen glimpses of her. And Mary Magdalene was somebody who stepped out. She stepped out many times. You might call Mary the lesser or the lowly. She was somebody who kind of was always on the fringes. She was never a central figure. She was always just sort of all, always around the edges of the story, it seemed. She wasn't a superstar like, like Peter. She wasn't the beloved disciple like John. She wasn't even the infamous doubter like Thomas. And the fact that she was a woman even made her more of a lesser person in that culture. She didn't have gifts to cast out demons. In fact, it records in the Gospels that demons were cast out of her. She needed somebody to rescue her. It's not difficult to picture Mary Magdalene sitting there at the tomb on the day that Jesus was buried on that Good Friday event and watching the men put Jesus inside and wondering to herself, 
What in the world happened here? Just a few days ago, we were shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord at the parade when Jesus came riding into Jerusalem on a donkey and now he's dead. What in the world is happening to my life? But she just kept stepping out by showing up. She was there at Jesus' crucifixion. She was there at his burial. She's the one who is recorded there at the resurrection. And she was the one looking into the empty tomb. And we read in John chapter 20, verse 11, that she sat there and she was peering into the room and she cried. It says that she wept bitterly. Going through all these emotions and then Jesus called her name. And here's the thing that Mary found to be true and likely many of you have already as well. And the thing that I would want each one of us to know here today that God may be about to surprise us with His best when our life feels like it's at its worst. When we feel lesser, when we feel lowly, when we feel like we're hurting, when we feel like we're defeated, when we feel ashamed, alone, or in pain, when life doesn't make sense, when we think that no one cares, that might be the very moment that God starts to whisper surprise into your life. And then something astonishing starts to grow. And it's called hope. There's a man by the name of C.S. Lewis who describes it in this way. He said, God often chooses to move more through the windows of pain in our life than at any other time. I don't know about you, but I've often found this to be so true. These are the moments when when God just starts to show up, God starts to reveal things, God starts to bring surprise, but it often comes in those deepest valleys and those darkest moments. And so if you're walking through a season of pain in your life right now, and even though everybody maybe has on their, their Sunday, Easter Sunday best and is smiling on the outside, you might be crying like Mary on the inside. Remember that Jesus has been known to surprise people in the middle of life's deepest valleys. So no matter how bad things get, there is always hope for a different ending. And no more is that more evident than on Resurrection Sunday that follows Good Friday. New life coming, coming from brutal death. Pockets of hope amidst the ruins. And this is the power of the resurrection, that God can bring dead things to life. And so what is the life that Jesus is inviting you to live? How is He calling you to step out today? And so as I close in a time of prayer, I would just simply ask you this. If you're wanting Jesus to surprise you and to show up in new ways for you today, would you just step out by standing up? And I mean that literally. That you would, If you're here this morning and you're saying, God, I just need You to surprise me again. I need You to find me in a place that is different and new. I need You to show up and give me hope. Would you just stand right where you are? And I just want to pray for you. If you would just stand right now. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to ask all of us to stand. So Lord, we just we stand together with these dear folks. 
And God, where there are deep valleys, we pray for hope. Where there is joy, we pray that we would see You in the midst of that joy. Where there is familiarity with the story, we pray that You would help us to see it again. Lord, thank You for resurrection. Thank You that You meet us in our pain. Thank You that You meet us wherever we're at. So Lord, however we came here this morning, would You surprise us again? For whatever reason that we stood up here today, Lord, by Your Holy Spirit, may You touch and encourage and strengthen and give new hope. So Lord, we thank You. Jesus, thank You. Amen.